The podcast you are about to listen to is from St. Andrew's Park Circle. For more information about us, please visit standandrewsparkcircle.com. Thank you, George. Let's pray. Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts may they be acceptable in your sight, O Lord. For you are our rock and our redeemer. Humans are narrative creatures. We absolutely love stories, right? We'll stay up late watching stories on TV. We binge Netflix series. We love a good story. And the better the story, the more drawn in, the more enthralled that we get to that story. We go to great lengths to find the limited edition Harry Potter book sets. We go to extended lengths to find that one copy of that story. My daughters love Star Wars because it's a good story. We love good stories. And in fact, stories are how we sometimes make sense of our lives. We tell stories about ourselves. Culture tells us stories about ourselves. James Brian Smith in his book, The Good and Beautiful God, he says this. He says, we as humans are a storied people. We make sense of the hard parts and the good parts And we often don't realize that it is all around us. It is the culture that we live in. David Foster Wallace, a novelist, in a commencement speech, he illustrates this with nothing else but a story. He says this. He says, these two young fish are swimming along, and they happen to meet an older fish swimming the other way. The older fish nods to them and says, morning, boys, how's the water? The two young fish swim on for a bit, and eventually... One of them looks at the other and goes, what the heck is water? They don't realize that they're swimming in water. And sometimes we live in a culture and we don't realize that there are these stories that are told of us and to us and about us. And we live into, up to, or in spite of these stories. Last year, we hosted a morning seminar called Engaging Poverty, we invited in a speaker from the Oliver Project up in Columbia, Mindy Jameson, and she, and she helped us kind of understand the mindset of those who have been, been trapped in generational poverty from year to year, from generation to generation, so we could better minister to them. And one of the things that I found really interesting that she said was that those who are trapped in, in kind of a generational cycle of poverty, they cannot tell stories about their future that have a good ending. They're not telling stories about getting a degree or going to college or getting a better job or joining the military. They're they're just saying, I really hope I get through today because tomorrow was really hard. They've lost the ability to tell good stories. What stories do you tell about yourself? What stories have you come to believe about who you are and about what your place is in our community, in our culture, in our world? We tell all kinds of stories. If you want a clue to maybe some of the stories you're telling about yourself, think of the word always. What are the always that you have come to believe? I'm always late. I always get things done. I always am there early. That's just a hint to some of the stories that we tell ourselves about ourselves. And it's not just internal stories that we talk about. It's external stories. This culture... This community, it has a story that it wants to tell of you. 
I had moved down from Pittsburgh in 2003. I had a, a dear friend, an Anglican priest, pull me aside on the snowy streets of Pittsburgh. He knew that I was moving. He said, Dave, listen, I don't want you to come back here in boat shoes and seersucker. Because there's a story that our city wants to tell, our culture wants to tell of who we are and what we're supposed to be like and how we're supposed to act and some of those simple formalities. I think the other way is that we talk about our desires when we talk about our stories. When someone else tells you not to listen to your own stories, we have a word for that, your suppression. When you deny your own story, we have a word for that. It's called repression. It's no wonder Time Magazine's word of the year, by the way, didn't realize magazines were still a thing. They are. Time Magazine's word of the year for 2023 is the word authentic, to be true to your own story, to live your truth, to be true to yourself. You might be asking, where is he going with all of this? Here's where I'm going with it. Because we live and we swim in this culture of stories we believe about ourselves or about how the world's supposed to be or about certain things, we need to acknowledge that God is hard at work telling a much better, more beautiful story than we could ever imagine. God is at work all the while telling us a better and more beautiful story and inviting us to be a part of it than the stories that we've come to believe about ourselves. This season is a season called Advent. And if you're not familiar with Advent, that's okay. It just means the season leading up to the celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ. It's a season where we remember and we, we reflect, where we inspect our lives and we prepare our hearts. And all the while, there's this moment of returning to the story that God is telling over us. And we get to this third Sunday in Advent and we light a pink candle. Now, I grew up thinking this was the Mary candle, right? It's pink, Mary's the lady, it's a pink candle, right? right? That's not the case. I'm also getting an emergency alert on my phone. Excuse me. Um, that's not the case. The case is, the reason this is a pink candle up here is to remind us that in the midst of introspection and reflection is the midst of kind of preparation there is hope the latin term is gaudete it means joy or rejoice this is the gaudete candle it's a candle where we rejoice it's when the readings that we read for this sunday in advent are different than the other readings that we have been reading did you pick up on it the readings of Advent 1 and Advent 2, the first two weeks of Advent are, are real readings of God. Would you, would, you, would you come to us? Would you transcend? Would you bring justice? Would you bring truth and peace? Today's reading is filled with joy and hope. It says things like this, Isaiah 65, verse 17. It says, For behold, I create a new heavens and a new earth. And the former things shall not be remembered or come to mind. But be glad and rejoice in which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem to be a joy and her people to be a gladness. 
I will rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people. No more shall there be heard in the sound of weeping. No more shall there be heard the cry of distress. God interrupts the stories that we've come to believe, the stories that we come to live in, and he interrupts it with a better story, a story of a world made new. A story of hope and light and redemption. I understand it is nasty outside right now. It's raining, there's wind, there's water everywhere, it's dark. But I love the contrast of coming in here this morning. While out there it might be stormy and hard, in here there's light and there's song and there's joy. This is the new story. This is just the taste, the foretaste, the echo of the great story that God is telling us, the story that we get to celebrate during this Christmas season and next Sunday, morning and evening. It's the story of God creating a new heavens and a new earth where we will say, rejoice and be glad forever. And the Lord will do these things. I love all of the first-person pronouns in our reading today. I create a new heavens and new earth. Rejoice forever in that which I create. I created Jerusalem to be a joy. I will rejoice. The Lord will do these things. And he will do these things through the Messiah, through Jesus Christ, through the kingdom that is coming and the kingdom that will come, through the already and the not yet the Lord will do these things. He will tell a better story and captivate our hearts with it. This is why it's so important that we encourage people to get together in life groups or in small groups. It's why the preaching God's word on Sunday mornings is so important in our lives is because it reminds us of the better story that God is telling us. And it invites us in to be a part of that story. A story of the God's kingdom breaking into this world. Not only is God telling this story, but his messianic king, King Jesus, will be at the center of it. And this Advent season, you and I find the invitation again to be a part of that. As Fleming Rutledge points out, it is the season, this Advent season, where time collides, where the future is brought into the present where our hearts are brought off of our own selves and it's called to look up at the king who is coming and the king who will come again. We do this. We do this with birthdays. I was at a birthday party last night. My friend Chad, it was his birthday party. We, we take a moment and we remember his birth and now the anniversary of his birth where the past collides with the present. We do this with Advent too, where we look forward and we remember the past Jesus' birth and what that means in the present, but we also look forward to the future, to his coming again, to a world made new, to hope restored, to wrongs being righted, to justice and peace reigning in the world. I feel that desire so often when I read the news when I hear stories of trial and struggle, when my kids wake up sick, I feel that longing of a world 
that is made new. Do you feel that? Do you desire that? Does something inside of you stir with a longing for that? That's the Holy Spirit that stirs in you and in me and in us that points us forward to a coming kingdom. Paul would say in in Philippians chapter 3 that our citizenship, let me read it for you. It says, but our citizenship is in heaven and from it we await the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly bodies to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things under himself. That word that we are citizens, that is a present tense word. Not when we die, not when the kingdom comes again, but this is a present tense this morning. If you are in Jesus, you are a present tense citizen of God's kingdom this morning. Right now. And as we are citizens of that kingdom, we wait and we prepare. We remember and we celebrate like what we're going to do next Sunday night. We light candles, a light in darkness to remember the true light that give light to all men has come into the world, John chapter 1. Advent has sometimes been characterized as a season of fasting. And I know fasting is not a thing we talk a whole lot about in our modern culture. But Advent has been a season of fasting, much like Lent is a season of fasting. It's a season where we might intentionally take some time to go without food because our physical bodies get hungry and that reminds us of our spiritual need. As James K.A. Smith says, we are not just bodies with brains. We are not brains walking around on a stick. We are full creatures. And so physical reflects the spiritual and vice versa. So when we hunger, we are known that there is something we are hungry for. C.S. Lewis has this very famous quote from his, um, his address called Mere Christianity. He says this. He says, creatures are not born with desires unless satisfaction for those desires exists. Babies feel hunger because there's such a thing as food. Ducks want to swim because there's such a thing as water. And I myself find a desire in which no experience in this world can satisfy. The most probable explanation then is that I was made for another world. We hunger and thirst for righteousness and justice and those things are coming because God is making all things new. Because that is the hope that we as followers of Jesus have. Do you feel the hunger for a better story? Do you find yourself living into lesser stories? Maybe it's in your job. Maybe it's with your physical fitness. Maybe it's in your relationships. Maybe it's in parenting. Maybe you've found some kind of goal and you have achieved that goal and you have found it just simply unsatisfying. Maybe you were made for something more beautiful, something more glorious, something that God is going to do in and through you. Listen to Isaiah chapter 9. For every boot and trampling warrior, battle tumult, and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born. To us a son is given. 
and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The one who will bring the new kingdom is the one that we celebrate this Sunday morning, next Sunday morning, and one who we are excited for his birth. It is Jesus Christ. It is the Messiah. He is the one who brings about the satisfaction for those lesser stories. Galatians says, For God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who are under the law. This is the author of the great story that God is telling his people. This is the longing of our hearts when we watch the news and we say, God, have mercy. This is the one who will make all things new. Your story, my story, the story of this church, the story of his people. This is a Sunday where we remember the good news of great joy that will be for all people. Ashley No reminds us that what the heart wants, the will chooses and the mind justifies. What does your heart want this morning? What are the stories that you desire? Isaiah 65 has a sister passage. It's a different passage in Revelation 21. And let me just close by reading this over us this morning. Would you stand for me? Thank you. This is Revelation chapter 21. It is the new story that God is telling his people. Then I saw the new heavens and the new earth. The first heavens and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more. For the former things have passed away. And he who is seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are waiting. And by faith, we are trusting your son, Jesus, who has come and will come and make all things new. And so, Father, we give you this offertory moment where we offer to you those places in our hearts. Maybe, maybe we offer to you lesser stories that you have laid out, that we have laid out in, in our lives. Maybe we lay those down and we remember the great story that you're telling Maybe this moment is just a moment where we remember and recognize a desire in our hearts for a world made new. And maybe that leads us to joy this third Sunday of Advent. Because the one who has promised it is faithful and true. So Father, we lay these things before you. We ask you to move in our hearts.